Welcome to I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast. Today we're doing something a little different as I handed the reins over to the Institute's CEO, none other than Robert Richardson. The reason? We wanted to shine a light on what it is to be a Fellow of the Institute and what better way to do that than with the three recipients of the Fellows Award, Stephen Carter OBE, Harry Murray MBE and little old me, Phil Street with no OBEs or MBEs. It's a chat high on positivity with some important messages from all guests and a huge thank you must go to Stephen, Harry and Robert for giving up the time to record. But for now, let's go and learn about the importance of fellowship. Hello and welcome to the next edition of I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast hosted by me, normally, Phil Street, FIH, but this time we're going to do something a little bit different. So I am about to hand over the reins to this podcast to none other than the Chief Executive of the Institute of Hospitality himself, that is Robert Richardson. Thank you very much, Phil. Um, This is my first time on the podcast, so that's exciting. And thank you all, our Fellows Outstanding Achievement Award winners, for joining us. And we'll take a little bit of a deep dive later on into what that means. Now, normally when Phil starts a podcast, we ask why our guests say, I'm into the Institute of Hospitality, but I think you've all done that. So I'd like to ask why you wanted to become a Fellow of the Institute of Hospitality. And since normally, Phil, it's your podcast, I'll start with you. Oh, thanks very much. Yes, well, uh, the, the honest answer to that is, is that initially I didn't. So I, I suppose I've had, a, I've had an interesting relationship with the IOH over the years, and it's something I've dipped my toe in every now and again and kind of dipped back out again when I didn't really, I suppose, see the value. But I think in the last couple of years, I've really begun to see the value and in terms of the, the direction of travel. And so when the opportunity, it was actually offered to me because I'd been around for long enough, I suppose. It was not something that I had even contemplated at the time, but it just seemed like such a, a natural thing to do is because I think that also coincided with something that was becoming more and more important to me, which is that I'd, I want to give more back. And so it just seemed to fit like a glove uh, at the at the time for me. And, and so that's why I, I, I said yes to being a fellow. Fantastic. And I think you've been a fellow now 18 months or so. That'd be vaguely right. Yeah, I'm still still quite fresh uh, in in that respect. Yeah, so uh, yeah, still a still a baby fellow, baby fellow. Okay, that, that's a new level yeah. we'll introduce then. And uh, Stephen, the same, the same question to you. Why did you want to become a fellow? Well, I think Harry and I will look after you, Phil. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll be godfathers to you and nurture you along the way to maturity. Brilliant. Why did I want to become a fellow? I think I've been a fellow for quite a while and. I think it was probably when I was in Glasgow that I uh, really linked to the IOH because we had a very lively community there. And uh, I agreed at one point to become vice chairman of the, the branch. And it was just the Glasgow branch in those days because there was the Glasgow, Edinburgh and Aberdeen branch, I think. And now it's all one as a Scottish branch. And I think that's when I first connected with it because we were so determined to make it work. And we had, a, as I say, we had a very strong community. We had three super leaders. I was uh, uh, vice, I was, sorry, I was vice chairman, but it was a co-vice chairman's job that I did with Maurice Taylor, who was a pretty well-known entrepreneur in Glasgow. And uh, 
had a large hotel company at one stage uh, and we just made it work. And then I became probably a bit of a lazy fellow from that point of view. But I thought, I thought you were going to say something else there, Stephen. <laughs> well, you're, you're certainly not a, a lazy fellow at the moment. We've uh, uh, definitely had our share of you. Uh, but then uh, we got involved again, and particularly with your own coming on board and rejuvenating the Institute completely. And I, th- I think that's what really is the motivation when you can see that you can put some effort in and you can see the whole thing begin to grow, the organization to grow. And I think that's what we are doing at, at pace at the moment, to use a political in term. <laughs> Thank you. And to any of our faithful listeners, um, Stephen was 20% of the interview panel that... Um, hired me so i guess effectively partly your fault yes don't know which part of the 20 percent i was though <laughs> the, the, it's a great the, move thank you certainly the the scary part that was um an interview by panel during lockdown so difficult for anyone i think and uh you're a terrific interviewer so thank you and i, I personally hadn't met you properly at that point so you were the one person on the panel i didn't actually know or know by reputation yep. or vicariously. So um, it, that, that was very interesting. And Harry, I think you were probably the, the only person in, in the world, Robert, that didn't know who Stephen was then at that time. <laughs> Everybody I interview on the podcast blames him for, the, for their career. So, uh, Well, I'm certainly blaming him for my uh, career trajectory over the last few years. Yeah. And uh, Harry, coming to you, um, why did you want to become a fellow of the Institute? Well, firstly, I was very much involved with the Institute. I was in Torquay at the Imperial Hotel at the time. And so that would be in the late, uh, that would be in the late seventies. I was a governor of the local hotel school, uh, Devon College, um, president of the, the students there. And very much involved with the Institute. Uh, I sat on various committees at Trinity Road, but as far as becoming a fellow is concerned, I was actually invited to become a fellow in 1982 when I became a master inholder. And it was sort of automatic that when you became a master inholder, you became uh, a fellow of the Institute. So 1982, so, you know, literally 42 years, uh, a fellow of the Institute. And of course, once you become a fellow, which of course is the purpose of today, you're very anxious to you know, put something back into the industry. And, and it coincided with the fact that I'd become a, a master inholder. As I've mentioned on a number of occasions, Elizabeth Gadsby uh, was very much involved as a parent of, of the, the master inholders, as it was then the Institute of Hospitality. She was very much involved uh, with the launch of the master inholders. So that's, you know, my background as a fellow uh, of the Institute. And it's a proud tradition we still observe today. So new master inholders become fellows of the Institute now. And um, I, Harry was instrumental in my own joining of the master inholders in 2022. So it's good how these industry traditions are still here after many years. Yeah, yeah. completely agree. Can we can we turn the, the tide on you on that, Robert? Because obviously before you were the, the Institute, sorry, this is me going back into hosting mode, isn't it? But but the same question to you because you you're a fellow of the the institute beyond the the role that you have yeah so yeah how did that come about for you so for me um i joined the institute of hospitality when i worked for hilton 
and I was a deputy hotel GM and uh, a member of the Institute of Hospitality. And I'd taken my first GM's post uh, at a hotel called The Grand, and it was a privately owned heritage property. And I didn't have the connectivity that I might have done working for a large company in Hilton. So I hadn't been enormously involved with the Institute, to be fair, but I felt now was as good a time as any to get more involved, build my network, because I'd lost that coming from Hilton to a privately owned hotel. And I spoke to the wonderful Roz, who is still our, uh, our membership officer, and looked at how I might do that. And my challenge was to become a, a fellow by early upgrade, you need to be recommended by other fellows. And I didn't know any. So I had to go a different route. And I had um, our member of parliament and local business leaders supporting my application. And I became a fellow. And it just opened up a wealth of opportunity for me. So a very, very first time GM in a, a business that didn't have the safety net of working for a, a large company. So it was certainly very helpful in um, the start of my GM's career and I never looked back. Very good. Uh, back, back to you. Back to you. Oh, thank you. That's, that's kind. So thank you everyone for sharing that. Um, but I think it's time we jump straight in to today's discussion, which is the value of fellowship. So for my part, as a new CEO coming into the Institute of Hospitality, it was important to me to widen our net. So amongst other things, we built a youth council, we built an EDI forum, but equally I felt there was a need to celebrate the wealth of talent and experience from our fellows. We have at any given time in excess of a thousand fellows, and these are significant industry leaders. And that led to more opportunities for fellows to give back. And that led to the creation of the Fellows Outstanding Achievement Award, which is an award we started last year. Uh, the three of you are its winners. And it's something that's quite important to me because it's an award for a fellow judged by our fellows at a celebration of our fellows once a year. And I think, frankly, the world is difficult and challenging right now. So we need more of that. We need to celebrate the people that are driving our industry um, forward. So that leads me to my first question, and I'll open this up to the floor. But what does being a fellow of the Institute mean to you? I think being a fellow represents a maturing of your membership of the Institute of Hospitality. And I think it uh, also encourages more participation. I think it's recognition that you have reached a certain uh, height in your career. And uh, it's then up to you to look at the opportunities and see where you can encourage others to aspire to grow within the industry itself. I, I completely agree. So. I agree with, you know, what Stephen has said. I mean, I, I felt that as I was very often talking to students, mentoring people and coaching people, I wanted, you know, to lead by example. And as I say, becoming a fellow coincided with becoming a master in holder. And, you know, it, it it's really sort of leading by example, never stop learning. And, and I think when when you achieve something, whatever it is, if I take, for example, Hotelier of the Year, Master in Holder, becoming a fellow, you always feel quite humble with these appointments and you want to actually live up to having been chosen. And I have quite strong views about these appointments, that 
but they're not just a heading mm. or initials up your name. You have to give commitment. And I feel very strongly, I know with the interviews for the Master Inholder, it's not just a question of getting the badge and the freedom of the city and then walking away. And I feel the same, exactly the same about fellowship, that if you become a fellow, you give a commitment. And I think, I don't know exactly what the process is now. I know you have to be nominated, but whenever someone asks me to, to nominate them, I always say, are you prepared to be committed? Are you prepared to give time? Are you prepared to put something back into the industry? Because if you're not, don't become a fellow and I won't nominate you to become a fellow. So I do have quite strong views about that. It's not just about the badge uh, and the letter. It is about commitment. And I completely agree with you, Harry, if I may. Something we've done and we've worked very hard to do over the last two years is give our fellows those avenues to give back to the industry. So we have things like the fellows broadsheets. We have a lot of thought pieces just for fellows. We have steering groups of all of our major events, which are fellows. And I think it's it's a promise from both sides. So a new fellow needs to be prepared, as you rightly say, to give back to not just the Institute, to be fair, but the community. But equally, we need to give them opportunities to do so. And previously, you would have mentorship. And by and large, that would be it. So I think giving um, people ability to give back in a wide range of areas is essential. And that's something we've worked hard on. Um, you know, yourself this last year, we've taken on the Master in Holders Mentorship Scheme, and that's overseen by our fellows. And that's something we're really enormously proud of. So I think it is a partnership between us as an industry body and an individual fellow. And I think for me, it's something that needs protecting. So I agree with everything you've said there. Um, Phil, as the, the new boy in the club, what's, what's your view? the baby of the club yeah I, the I, there's probably not a huge amount i can add to what's already been said i think there's a couple of key things that came up from both Stephen and harry words that really resonate with me like you know leading from the front and and actually i as if i think about my own career to this point i absolutely always used to look up to fellows and think look at these people who are just you know, extraordinary in what they're doing. And so there's an aspirational quality as to, to why it's important, to something to aim for. But I think the key is actually in the word itself. Fellowship is, is actually something that is incredibly powerful. And it kind of, it, it, I suppose it, it conjures up an image of a togetherness. And that's exactly what I get from being a, a fellow now is that I feel this togetherness where everybody is absolutely committed to to doing something really positive and elevating the industry at every possible opportunity. And I just, by being part of that fellowship, you're just part of something that is quite a powerful group of people. And I don't mean that in a political sense. I just mean that in terms of the, the will uh, and passion that exists within that fellowship. That's That's an interesting point you just brought up. Phil about joining people in the fellowship of how it does bring people together I mean I'm a I'm a trustee of the Black Watch Regimental Trust and we talk about comradeship very often there yeah uh, we don't have fellowships at all but we have comradeship and I think that's a really great alternative word to to fellowships I mean mm. you can't you can't have a, a comrade of a 
of the Institute of Hospitality really, but it does emphasize that it's a bonding of a particular level of, of personage together with a common yeah. goal to see the to see that organization move forward. Absolutely. And I think even to, to add to that, you know, there's so many facets to hospitality. Not It's not just hotels. It's not just restaurants. You know, it's not just contract catering. There are so many nuanced differences. And you, you get an opportunity with, with fellowship to really, really, you know, cover off quite a lot of different sectors that maybe you don't know anything about, but actually add real weight to our desire to make the, the industry better and you know the place to come work so all of that I, I just think it's just such a wonderful a wonderfully positive place to be is is to be in the fellowship yeah I could I could almost tell a little story around that in, in so far that during COVID we had a little gang here in Scotland I mean it's typical of what goes on up here of probably about eight of us who would speak every every week a couple of the chaps I put forward as as uh, members of the institute one in particular struck me because he'd left school at 15. He'd never had any form of professional qualification. He's a very humble guy. He's, he's in the supply chain to our industry, but he's involved the whole time. He believes very strongly in having apprenticeships with his company. He's been very, very successful in, uh, in building a company that has apprenticeships, helping young people get started into their trade and so forth. And it was suggested that we try and get him involved. Uh, and I put his name forward. I was very pleased that we um, we managed to get two or three fellows to, to sponsor him. And he got through the tests and he was appointed a fellow almost immediately. And um, we, we thought we'd make a bit of an occasion of it for him. So we diverted his certificate to come to me. And when we met, after COVID, we all gathered together and I presented this chap with his certificate. Nice. And I mean, it was a really emotional occasion for him. He'd never been a member. He never had any initials after his name. And now he had, and he's kept fighting ever since. I remember that very well, Stephen. That was uh, just as I joined. Yeah, it was just about as you joined. And uh, it was highly emotional when I presented him with his certificate to the point of, you know, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying, but he broke down virtually because he'd become a member of an organisation and he continues to pay back. I think there is a, a power, if you like, behind fellowship. It's certainly something that when we attended our most recent fellows um, dinner, so that would be six weeks ago as we record this, there was a huge amount of positivity in that room. And I think tradition is important in industry, but that leads on to something that I've just been thinking about while listening to you talk. So we've, we've spoken a bit quite rightly about fellows giving back. Phil, you specifically said looking up to fellows, and we see a lot of that. I certainly see at events, some of our younger members, when our fellows come in, it's almost like royalty. And that is just a delight every single time. But the world moves on. So we've had fellows for many, many decades, but now we live in a vicarious society. So the age of social media, where you can look at someone and get that aspiration to be like them or to learn from them without them being a fellow or even in the industry. So 
does that impact, do we think, the value of um, being a fellow in an organisation like ours? So I just, I just thought I'd throw that one in there. You mean in terms of the, the social media element? I think in terms of pre-social media, you, you will have your group of fellows and that is your group to aspire to be. Now, the people you can aspire to be, that net has widened. So you can have people in our industry that might not have heard of the Institute of Hospitality, certainly wouldn't be a fellow. You might aspire to be towards them. Does that dilute, do we think, maybe the impact of being a fellow? Does that enhance it or is it nothing in between? No, I, I, I definitely don't think it dilutes it. I don't, I don't think it's one of those things where we need to be concerned about the what other people are are doing. I think it's, it's, it's as Harry said. You know, getting fellowship status is not something that you aspire to be, and then you you've made it, and that's the end of it. It's almost the beginning of what you're what you're trying to do. And actually, mm. the louder we can shout about that, then then maybe we do widen the net to to where people are are hearing about us i think social media has added to it i think it's Mm. enhanced it because it's made people aware of what people who have been promoted to fellowship are actually doing i mean they they have more opportunity with social media to give guidance to i mean you can mentor now uh Mm. by zoom you don't have to you know, I was traveling backwards and forwards to London. I don't have to do that now. I can do it by Zoom. And and I think that social media has, has brought us closer together as fellows because mm. we're all aware of what various people are doing. And I mean, I mean, you, when you consider somebody of my age still involved, I can do it because of social media. If social media wasn't there, I couldn't do what I'm doing now. I, I, I couldn't be up and down on a train, you know, meeting people and so forth. First of all, uh, it would be unfair to my family to, to be continuing doing that in my 80s. But I think social media has certainly allowed people like myself and, 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 and other elderly people. I don't put Stephen as older. He's younger. But, but I'm pretty but, antique now, Harry. Thank you. <laughs> but it does give the opportunity. I'm chasing you. I'm chasing you. Yeah. It does give us the opportunity to continue giving back, uh, which I think is wonderful, you know, that, that I've had, you know, extra time. You know, it's extra time. I'm, I'm sort of playing in extra time to, to, to give back and, I, I, and, and long may it last. I think that's, uh, that's a wonderful sentiment, Harry. Yeah. But I, I also think, no, just to finish on that, I mean, we've all come up through an industry where we have all had motivators in front of us and mentors in front of us and i think it's been a natural it it's a natural education for us to take away elements of working with our fellow uh, hoteliers and so forth and pass that down the line and, and i think that's almost like a natural phase for those working in hotels to actually adopt so i think it has become easier but and to youngsters they'll see people who motivate them both as fellows and non-fellows but if we can keep driving the message home that we we are a group of fellows then that will add strength to the argument and the strength to the organization yeah and i think i would just add to that is that the it's one thing to carry the the title but ultimately people will 
always be more motivated by the action you take. Yeah. And that comes back to the lead from the front perspective. So it's wonderful to have the letters at the end of the name. But if there's no action being taken in, in the name of being a fellow, then there's no point in being a fellow. Agreed. And um, I agree. My marketing team and I did a bit of a deep dive into almost the brand identity of fellowship earlier this year. And certainly it's never been stronger, but it's never been stronger because of the amount of good work the fellows are doing to push it. So, and I think that's something that is considerably um, invaluable. And the message that that sends out is just fantastic. So I think we're all very positive, but something I'd like to have a little um, talk about is the feeling when you actually achieve fellowship. So we've been quite retrospective as to what it involves. So when you became a fellow, what did that mean to you? How did it feel? I know in 2017, when I became a fellow, as I said at the start of um, today's podcast, I was a hotel GM in a standalone property. It was slightly isolating. And then all of a sudden I became a fellow. It made the local press, which was at the time I thought bonkers. I thought, wow, this really has significance, not just within the industry, but our local community where my hotel was. And I thought that was just really quite wonderful. So I'll come to um, you, if I may, Stephen. But um, how was it for you? You know, the first time you became a fellow. Well, the time you became a fellow. Well, I've only become a fellow once. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I became a fellow in the eighties, the same as Harry. And I think part of it was a natural progression of, you know, obtaining a hotel degree, obtaining your membership of the uh, what was it in those days? HCIMA. Um, yeah. And then maturing into a fellow from that. And, and probably I, I didn't have an awareness of the depth of what it should really mean. Uh, it was just, it was, as Phil referred to slightly earlier, a, a matter of getting another three letters after your name. And it's, it's only once you have it and you see the depth of, of uh, how it affects your relationship with ordinary members and other people that then they are looking for something from you. And I think that process took time, in my case, to actually be spun over to me. So not quite the positive answer you were looking for, but I think it's a realistic one of why some people do. No, I, I think it's a, a very honest answer. And, and it's, it's, it's educational. Certainly, um, as I said earlier, when I see our younger members around our fellows, it is as if hospitality royalties come into the room. There's a huge degree of respect. And I think being aspirational to someone is it's a wonderful gift to give um harry you became a fellow when you became a master in holder so what was that like for you well i didn't get a degree i mean i came you know i was born in the start of the second world war so you know when i i left school at 15 and i went i went the ond the diploma route mm. and i had to i had to work hard I started as an apprentice chef. I, I went to college. I did a two-year catering college. And I think that, you know, I've, I've always felt that I was behind other people, that I had to fight for everything I had. So I, I, I always put in that extra time. I mean, I went to night school uh, for English. I went to night school for, for, for maths. I got my O&D. I got my higher national level. I really had to slog away because... When I applied to British Transport uh, for a job, I wanted to be a trainee manager. And 
the, the general manager of the hotel was a bit of a, he was an ex-major, wore a carnation, had the best table in the restaurant, called everybody by their surname, and was more interested with what my father did and what my mother did than what I did. So I, I felt very strongly that he was concerned about my background rather than about me as a person. So I always fought extra hard to prove that I was going to get to the top of hospitality, come what may. So I think that becoming a fellow and becoming a Marcinola sort of was a notch on the ladder that, that I, you know, I was proving people wrong, that I was going to make it. And I think that that has been, you know, part of my life in motivating and, and trying to inspire other people. Don't worry about where you come from. Don't worry about your back. Don't worry about your education. This is an industry where you can start as a kitchen porter and get to the very top. And we've got, you know, a lot of people in leadership positions now who have done that. And, and you know, I, this is what's great about the hospitality industry is it is not about your background. And when I hear, I mean, as Stephen mentioned about the 50, you know, the, about the guy who got the, he gave the fellowship certificate to, it is, an emo, it is emotional. It is emotional because it, it just proves that hospitality, you know, it, you know, it is a, it's an emotional industry, you know, and and so I, I think I can understand, you know, those young fellows going into a room, seeing senior fellows, and saying, "One day I'm going to be in that position." That's exactly what people like Stephen and I want to do. Is to lead by example so what can be achieved in this industry. Something um, I see differently as the CEO of the Institute to being a member previously is there's a lot of pride when someone gets their fellowship certificate and they post it on social media. And it was something that I would see on social media and you congratulate them. And then looking at it through the lens of actually operating the organisation, you look at it differently. And I remember the very first time that I saw it when I was CEO was in the early days coming out of lockdown and I was rushing through London and I got an alert um, that I might want to look on LinkedIn and I did and we had a new fellow and I think it was in point our first new fellow post-pandemic and they were just gushing with pride and it was for me a very emotional moment almost vicariously because you share in their pride because you've helped them in your own very small way achieve that and I think that is something that is important coming to to you Phil you've said you had a casual relationship with the institute for many years then you became a fellow then, then relatively quickly you became well, well our first um, outstanding achievement award winner yeah I, and do you know it's, it's a really interesting question because the I thought I would care less than I did mm. when it, when that piece of paper arrived in the post. One, I didn't I didn't see it coming. I hadn't been told that it was on its way or or anything like that. So it was literally a case of open. What is this strange looking document that's in my post today? Uh, and opening it up and seeing the fellowship. And I just remember thinking there was this. I don't want to say I got completely emotional about it, but there was this kind of glowing feeling inside that to what we've kind of spoken about before, it was almost like that little feeling where, okay, you're, you're, you're on the path here, son. So mm. 
this is kind of vindication of that, or you know, you've, you're doing okay. So, uh, but now that you're here, you kind of you've got to make sure that you're 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 earning your right to be here, really. Um, and so, my feeling was one of almost like let's get the sleeves up and let's get stuck in because actually this really helps me on my quest to it gives me a lot more credibility in, in the realm of hospitality to be able to try and be a, a voice for for positive change and, and a force for good so yeah I was I was made up I put it down to I, I don't know if my wife will be listening to this but it's almost like when you're when you're going out with somebody for a long time and you know that you love them but you don't feel like you really need to get married in order to kind of showcase that but you do get married and when you get married it just adds something to your relationship and I can't put my finger on what that thing is and it's exactly the same principle here I'm now married to the Institute of Hospitality that's basically what I'm saying right wow <laughs> not, I, I, I do not in, in thinking about what wow. today will be like I did not expect that yeah that's going on a sound bite somewhere isn't it that is going on you can be assured that's going on a sound bite so keeping the the credibility line um that you've got there Phil in what way do we think fellowship enhances an individual's career within not just the industry but the institute? Yeah, I, I think that it's all about that that credibility. It gives, it shows the world that you are serious about this industry, and because you can't just land here by accident, it, you know, it's not something that you just flukily end up getting. You know, you earn your right to to become a fellow, so people can see that straight away just by seeing the letters after your name that this is something that you care deeply about and something that you've given time to and something that you're you're now looking to i suppose enhance so i think that's that's where the the credibility comes for me i mean my sort of take on it uh, on becoming a fellow was was that you had a responsibility you know you, you as a fellow you have a responsibility to also contribute to shaping the industry to you know raising the standards and professionalism of the industry uh, and and looking forward you you know you you you're you're always looking in that position you've got that title and people are looking up to you so therefore when they come in 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 our case you know we're hotels when somebody comes to your hotel they're looking at you you are the person they have looked up to you're a fellow you're a master inholder even in my case, we were Hotelier of the Year. You want to live up to that standard. So you're forever leading by example, setting the highest standard. And that's mirrored. If you look at how many fellows there are, that's mirrored across the industry. And we should all be leading, setting standards in the best professional way. And as a result of that, which is, which is you know, a, a, a challenge we all have at the moment, encouraging people to come into hospitality and the fact that they can come into hospitality and they can get to the top of this profession if they work hard and follow these guidelines we're in that position to guide them uh, and i think that's that's the responsibility of, of of a fellow and i think having worked in this industry to add to that harry we have the ability to communicate with people yeah. so i mean we can communicate the message very well to people coming up through the industry and, and if we actively live that fellowship then it, it happens but i think the a point that i would like to make is that i think the renaissance of the ioh 
since your own arrival, uh, Robert, has been terrific and adds greater responsibility to the responsibility that we have as fellows, because it just means that we have to stand up and be ready to be counted as passing knowledge on, as leading the people who are aspiring to to grow in, into the industry as well. Well, that's that's and very. I, I would add. I would add to that that, that when when Robert was appointed, I, I did say that it was a tipping point. Um, that you know the institute had, had bobbed along, and no disrespect to, to previous CEOs, but I think that there's been more action in the past years than the previous 10 years um, or even previous 20 years. And, and I think that with the chapters and with the Youth Council, I, I see real progress. And I think it's important that we see this progress. And I think that applying for the Royal Charter is very important as well, that the more professional we can be viewed by young people, by parents in particular, the better. Because if you look at, I mean, I mentioned this uh, at Hosper, that London is now number one in Europe for investment in hotels. And we've seen these hotels now opening recently, Raffles, the Peninsula, another Rosewood on the way, uh, another Mandarin Oriental on the way, the Dorchester has invested a fortune, the Ritz has invested a fortune. I mean, the opportunities for young people, I, I, I wish I was 18 again, because really the opportunities that are going to come along. And I mean, you can talk about AI, you can talk about technology, but, you know, we're, we're humans. Mm. This is an industry that comes from the heart, not, not, not from technology. So, you know, AI is not going to replace a waiter. It's not going to replace a chef. It may make his job easier, may make their jobs easier, but it's not going to replace that human spirit that that we all enjoy and the, and the joy that we get from serving people. So you know, we are we're very fortunate that we chose an industry that 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 cannot be replaced by AI or technology. I agree, and, and I think I think the youth council has been an absolutely superb uh, creation. And, you know, it, it made me really flattered and quite humbled when I did a very early podcast uh, with Phil, when you had, it was Katerina. Um, yes. Risu, is it? Oh, Rizar. You might pronounce it. Rizar, that's it. And I mean, I can just remember her saying how proud she was to be on the same podcast of the same chat that Phil was giving as a fellow <laughs> who just happened to be me on that occasion. But that really sprang out the real pride with which she put into the into mixing with a fellow. And uh, look where she's coming from. I mean, she's really motivated on the ladder of growing and has taken the Youth Council with both hands and driven that. Yeah, Couldn't agree successful. more. And you'll remember, Stephen, the Youth Council was part of my interview pitch for the CEO um, yeah. role. But the Youth Council, and I will say this forever, they are the next generation of fellows. It, I have no doubt that one day in the future they will be leading our industry bodies and our businesses as proud fellows because they are living and breathing the values of the Institute. And that's important. But equally, though, 
so are yourselves. You know, I'm humbled on this call because I'm with the three outstanding achievements, uh, award-winning fellows of our last two years, which is wonderful. Um, I have to ask, how did you feel when you got the award? And I'll start with Phil and Stephen, because uh, I recall our judging panel had such difficulty uh, in coming to a decision, we ended up with the two of you for our first year, which was just fantastic. <laughs> this is the, the, the polite bit where yeah. Lee wants to go first. Well, I, do you know what? I felt a little bit like a fraud, to be honest, in that moment. I mean, I was absolutely thrilled beyond words. I, I, I didn't see it coming. The list, I can't even remember who else was on the list, but I just remember thinking even just to be on this list is is a, a, a reward enough and recognition for, for the work that I was doing at the time. And it, 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 But then to kind of have your name called out, especially because you called me out second. So as far as I was concerned, it was done. The, the job was done. We move on. And I'll try again next year, uh, as it were. But um, yeah, so the feeling when my I, I was completely floored. I, I, I had not, I, I didn't. I think I did prepare a few words in my mind in the odd event that it did work, but they just went. They walked out the room as soon as my name was called. So I had no words to to describe the feeling in the moment. Um, it was such a wonderful thing, and it sits proud, proudly there. It's just on my. Oh, just yeah. It's. I mean, the, the world has ended here, so that all the lights feels like. The lights have gone out, but um, yeah. Are you talking about this thing, Phil? That's that's exactly what we are. And for those who are listening to this only, um, yeah, Stephen's just pulled out his reward as well. I, I will say when we got round to doing it for year two, so this year, it looks a little bit different. So the one that um, Harry uh, won, it, it's somewhat different and that will be the one going forward. But um I remember Stephen watching a video that we had filmed of um, the fellows dinner and you just had this enormous smile on your face as you came up on stage. Well, <laughs> the first I knew about the award in reality was probably when I got this flash on my telephone saying, you have been nominated. And I don't know who nominated me. I, I didn't even know I was in for such an award at that time. Um, and I really wasn't going to come to the dinner because it's bloody expensive when you live in the north of Scotland to keep coming down to London for just a bit of uh, nosh. Uh, however, uh, getting nearer the day, my conscience got the better of me and I thought if somebody's had the courtesy of nominating me and I was one of the, the number of nominations, I at least had to... Uh, responsible enough to turn up on the night and uh, say what a good night it was. So I can assure you when you read out my name and I completely discounted it and in fact I think I was in the middle of another conversation at the time which was rather rude of me <laughs> um, and suddenly suddenly I heard my name and I nearly fell through the floor I think. I, I hadn't even it hadn't even crossed my mind to put any words together with what to say but stumbled through a bit of a speech. And, and then I'm coming back and then I heard Phil. And I mean, I must admit, when I'd seen the nominations, I just thought, well, Carter, you don't stand a chance against these guys because there were some quite formidable names on there. And uh, Mr. Streets was one. And I thought, well, he's got to be up there because he'd done such a great job during COVID. Bless. Um, yeah. But, but I think, isn't that, that highlights the wonder of hospitality mm -hmm. people though, right there, right? That 
there's just this endless humility. None of us believe we deserve any of this. We're just trying to do our thing and, you know, in the best possible way that we can. Um, but it, nevertheless, when it comes, when you get recognition, when it comes along, it's, it really does warm the cockles of your heart. It does, doesn't it? And Harry, yeah. if I could come to you as your um, our incumbent um, Fellows Achievement Award winner. Well, first of all, I, I, w I was asked to be a judge. So my view was when, when you become a judge, <laughs> you, you've, you, you've passed your sell-by date. Then I... <laughs> no no, no chance, as they say, at this part yeah. of the world, Harry. No chance. <laughs> yeah. I also felt that I was past winning awards because, you know, I, I stepped down as chairman of Lutton Parker. I'm not involved with the industry, although I still try and do what I can for the industry. I, I don't do as much as I did when I was in, you know, when I was operating, when I could use the hotel for all kinds of things and, and give prizes and uh, whole meetings and goodness knows what. Then I, then I got uh, a note from one of the people that nominated me and he said, I, I hope you don't mind, but I've nominated you. And, and I sent a note back saying, well, I've been asked to be a judge, so I think I'm past myself by date. So I don't think uh, your nomination will count. And then of course, I got the list of all those that have been nominated to find that I was on the list. And then I got a note to say I'd been included. But like Stephen, I hadn't planned. I, I, I cut down like, like Stephen, traveling to London, staying overnight. Uh, I left my wife far too often as a hotelier that it, I'm at the stage now where I try and avoid that. Hmm. So I hadn't planned to go. And then here I am nominated and, and again out of respect uh, for the institute which i have the highest respect felt that that i would go but i would come back on the on the last train so i came back i i i was very proud um and i think you know when everybody stands up it, it warms your heart that here you are uh, at you know the end of your career and people are looking up uh, and and it makes all the effort you've made to mentor to inspire it makes it all worthwhile because you're being recognized and I don't care who you are you know when you're recognized uh, you feel very proud and I did feel very proud and and I still feel very proud and I and, and as you know, I have made a recommendation, which I don't know if you want to discuss, uh, Robert, but, but I have made a recommendation for those that receive this special award. So Harry made a very sensible recommendation to me um, a little while ago, and that was that the Institute opens a Fellows Hall of Fame, effectively, which I'm delighted to say is something we are going to take forward into 2024. So we listened um, to what you said, Harry, could not agree more. I'm actually more ashamed that I didn't think of it. And it's something that you will see um, launching in hopefully quarter two of next year, certainly before the fellows dinner. But um, it's something that I will be in touch with you about separately because it's such a fantastic idea. We want to do it right. If I could just explain to Stephen and Phil that when I went to Hosper, which we had a record attendance at Hosper for 750 people. 
I'm, I'm president of Hospital. And a number of people said to me, congratulations on becoming a fellow of the Institute of Hospitality. And I said, <laughs> I said, I've been a fellow for 40 odd years. And they said, oh, I thought you'd just been awarded the fellowship. I said, no, I've just received an award as a fellow. So with that in mind, I looked at other organizations and I felt that when you receive the award, the outside world, you, you've not become a fellow, you've, you've received a fellowship award. Why don't we make it the Institute of Hospitality Hall of Fame so that anyone who receives this award goes into the Hall of Fame? And that will go on long after I've gone, long after Stephen's gone, after Phil's gone, go on as the Hall of Fame. So that was the idea. And I think it's a Love wonderful it. idea, sir. You'll have to grow a, a beard to look a bit more mature. <laughs> I think my, my two recollections from Harry uh, receiving the award very recently, the first was the joy in the room. Once Harry's name was read out, you had everyone in that room who work in different businesses, different ages, different levels of membership and time with the Institute. And it was just simply joy. The other was the panic that I went through in the 15 minutes or so before we announced the award, the award because um, Harry, who was sitting two seats down from me, effectively you went for a walk and we couldn't find you. So <laughs> I was in an absolute panic because this wasn't something that we could put a little bit down the running order. We were basically done. It was announce Harry, retire to the bar. So lots of emotions that night, but very, very, very well deserved for the three of you. I think the fact that you've been awarded by your fellow fellows is something that shows their mark of respect for not just yourselves, but the impact that you've had. And certainly I think our fellowship would be diminished if we didn't have you within it. So genuinely, thank you. And um, I think I'm conscious of time, so we really could talk about this for hours. I've only gotten to the bottom of page one of what I was going to unpack today. So thank you very, very, very much, Harry, Phil and Stephen. But before we go, I do have one question for you all. And that is, if there's anyone out there who's considering applying for fellowship of the Institute of Hospitality, effectively, what would you say to them? And I think I'll start with you, if I may, Harry. Well, I would say that if they were applying, I would ask them, what would their commitment be uh, to give guidance, uh, to give mentorship to their fellow Institute of Hospitality members? Um, I, I would really look for commitment um, because, as I said at the beginning, it's not just about getting the badge um, and, and getting the, the letter. It's all about, uh, and, and you know what my strong views are, and that is uh, don't think what the hospitality industry do for you but what can you do for the hospitality industry and I feel quite strongly about that. I think those noble words with which to finish quite frankly I mean it is about that Harry and, and all I can ever say is that when you do try to put things into this industry it pays back many many times over I mean when when you take that one person and try and just develop that one person and you see it so them succeed when they turn around and just say thanks for how you've helped them, it's worth millions of bucks. 
I mean, it's it's an industry that really does pay back to what you put into it. And I would follow those words. I don't, I don't want to take words out of Phil's mouth, but I don't think you can better the, I that statement. I am very much looking forward to Phil having the last word and uh, doing his best. So, <laughs> Phil, the, the floor is yeah. yours. Yeah, thanks for that, Harry. Um, yeah, I, I, there's nothing I can add. Uh, the only thing that I would say is, is that I think it does give you access to the most phenomenal group of peers that where you know where you've got access to so much knowledge that is given freely, um, you know, and and nobody will ever shoot you down if you ask them questions. And just to just have access to that, you know, at your fingertips is just, I mean, it's priceless, absolutely priceless. Thank you. Thank you very much, Phil. And thank you, all of you, for giving up your time this afternoon for the podcast. You are genuinely an inspiration to so many people. And the privilege I have is I got to read your nominations. So you you really did deserve the win. And the amount of goodwill and genuine love for you and what you do is tremendous. So thank you very much. And I think, Phil, that's you back to having your podcast back. Yeah, well, I'd, all that remains to, to say is that, that thank you, Robert, because um, you're clearly not 100% health-wise either. So you absolutely soldiered on through it. And uh, yeah, as discussed before we turned the microphone on, that that concludes your professional development because now you're a podcaster. Thank you. I'll go and look so, that happy, onto my uh, website. Okay. Happy Christmas to you all and yes. a happy, healthy new year to you all. Yes, indeed, indeed. indeed, and to you. How, how are you and I going to become podcasters, Harry? Hey, oh, we'll, I, feel, I feel... No, we'll, we'll get lessons from Phil. There's a <laughs> deficit, yes. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get... Okay. I can see some we'll uh, succession planning. Yeah, Good. absolutely. Okay. Thank you very much, gents. Take care. Yeah. Cheers. Have a great... Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye. I mean... Today's episode of I'm In covered the importance of fellowship and featured Stephen Carter, Harry Murray, me, Phil Street, and hosted by Robert Richardson. A huge thank you goes to the IOH's very own Sonia Cresswell, MIH, for artwork and branding, and Leon Williams, FIH, for the music. To say I'm in and feature on a future episode, contact phil.street at instituteofhospitality.org. And to find out more about the Institute of Hospitality or to join our hospitality family, please click the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and join us next time where we'll be airing our second special recorded live from the Hotel and Tech Expo 2023.